First, I'm sure some of you are thinking, Tim looks so much younger and better looking. Others have likely pieced together the scenario. Uh, Pastor Tim mentioned last week when he had to preach from the communion table that he had uh, injured uh, his leg. And uh, what Tim thought was a muscle strain last Sunday turned out to be a little bit more serious. Uh, And he has a herniated disc and a pinched nerve. And he is homebound for now. uh, But he will be getting treatment this week. And and Lord willing, we will be able to have him back uh, soon. But in the interim... I have the privilege uh, of sharing God's word with you on this Mother's Day. Uh, That being said, I'm not sure I'm ever going to allow Tim to finish his series on spiritual warfare. Uh, Because shortly after I found out that I would have to preach because he couldn't, I also started to come down with some sickness. Um, But I knew that there was just nothing um, that that, that I would need to be here and I would need to preach and God would uh, allow... uh, that to happen uh, well. So we are experiencing it. Um, and so after the service, I encourage you, don't shake hands with me or give me hugs of encouragement or uh, send me emails uh, of encouragement. Uh, if there are emails of criticism, uh, Tim Knaus at stjohnsfbc.com uh, is the address that you should be looking for. All right, that being said, uh, let me pray before we go to the Lord together in his word. Father, we thank you. Uh, for this body. We thank you for the preciousness of your word. We thank you for the, our ability to come together and study it. And Lord, we just pray that you would teach us through your word this morning, that you would be the sole focus uh, of our heart's endeavor, uh, and that as we desire to honor mothers, I pray that we would all be challenged uh, by your word that you would have for us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I've uh, entitled my message this morning, Godly Mothers Need Godly Wisdom. And I have been blessed with uh, some great, being able to see some great examples of godly mothers uh, in my life throughout the years. And one thought that always comes to me is, how do they do it? How do uh, these women accomplish all that God would have them to do? Uh, They simply must be stronger and tougher than me. And, uh, and, my, and that was kind of my starting point for uh, what I desire to share with us this morning. The bad news is I actually have nothing to offer uh, on how mothers can do their job better and how they can be more godly mothers. The good news is that I think God's word has a great deal to say about such things. And so we're going to look together at a lot of different passages of scripture Uh, If you are visiting with us today or you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. All of the passages will be on uh, the screen this morning, uh, and I will do my best to give you time to turn uh, to them. But if I happen to be a little bit too quick on the trigger, uh, know that you can just follow along, and uh, almost all of the passages are listed in the bulletin if you want to uh, look at them later for your own personal uh, reflection. So our first point this morning is upward, inward, and outward. And uh, I want us to know and to understand this morning that the only reason godly mothers can have godly wisdom to share with others is that first they have looked upward, they've applied that truth inward, and then it pours outward. 
God is our strong tower, our salvation, and our source of our strength that we offer to others. God alone must be the source of wisdom, discernment, comfort, understanding, and anything that we attribute to uh, the things that we see on Hallmark cards about a good, godly mother. God is the source of all of those things. And so if you are here this morning and you desire to be a godly mother with godly wisdom, we must all acknowledge that God is the only source of that kind of wisdom. If you are here this morning and and it is your desire to be a godly witness and testimony to your children, our starting point must be God himself. Proverbs 18.10 tells us this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. Proverbs 18.10 gives us a great foundation for our our starting point. We need to understand that, that God is our strong tower. And if we desire to run into it, we are safe. Now, the name of the Lord in, in, in Scripture, when we see the name of the Lord listed, it is telling us that, that the all-encompassing knowledge and understanding of who God is, that is his name. So when, when we see that at the name of Jesus, it's, it's, it's at, because of all of the truth that we have come to know revealed to us through Scripture about who Jesus is or who God is. That is the name of the Lord. And so we, we must understand that, that, that this is God's Word informing us about who God is. And that must always be that way. You and I can't try to decide who God is for ourselves. We must allow God himself to inform us who he is. And, and, and we are told that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. A righteous man runs into it is safe. If you want to be a godly woman, you need to run to who God is in the scripture. Because he is your strong tower. He is our foundation. He is what we need to be a godly man or a godly woman. This is the upward portion of upward, inward, outward. We are looking up to God and we are saying, God, who are you? We need to know who you are. We need to be not only informed about who you are, but we need to truly know and understand and believe who you are. We look to to God to lead and to guide and to direct us. And we see this concept all over Scripture. We must always start with who God truly is. We see the same concept in Proverbs 1-7. That is the the starting point of of understanding the wisdom of God and the starting point of of knowing who God is. Proverbs 1-7 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is a proper understanding of who he is, much like saying the name of the Lord is our strong tower. The fear of the Lord is, is not only knowing who God is, but having that right understanding of my relationship to a holy and righteous and pure God. A God who, who is to be worshipped and obeyed and followed. A God whose wisdom is worthy of following. A God whose wisdom is worthy of applying to my life. That is the beginning of all knowledge. And without that proper understanding of who God is in my relationship to him as a holy and righteous God, I can't possibly know and understand or apply his wisdom to any area of my life. You see, 
I'm a broken record on this. When I was talking about God's will a couple uh, Sunday evenings ago, uh, all our knowledge about what God's will for our life is or what God would have us to do must all start with our understanding that first and foremost, God wants to save us so that we can have a right relationship with him. A fear of the Lord, an understanding of who he is, must be our starting point. And I'm a broken record on this because I believe that the Bible is a broken record on this. The Bible is not simply a self-help book where we can pick and choose some things that we like, apply them to our lives, and hopefully be blessed and have a better life. The Bible tells us how we can have a right relationship with God because we live in a fallen, broken world, and if we don't truly understand the holy, righteous God and the only way to have a relationship with him is through his son, Jesus Christ, then our starting point is completely wrong. And and moms, I implore you today that, that if you don't know who Christ is, then you need to talk to someone here this morning to know how you can have a right relationship with God because when we look upward... We need to then look inward and to evaluate where am I at in my relationship with the Lord? How am I doing in my fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of all wisdom? So, so we need to understand that if we fully want to reap the benefits of the wisdom of God, then we need to know who he is and really, truly, and fully understand that by knowing him. You see, because when God is our treasure, we have something of value to offer to others. When we, when we know the gospel message and we, we value God and we treasure him from looking upward, then inward we are changed. We now have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And so godly mothers, if, if you desire to, to impart the godly wisdom of the Lord to, to your children, then you have to value and treasure it yourself first. It's only then that we have the ability to pour that wisdom and knowledge into the lives of others around us, especially our children. You see, the changes that take place when we first look to God happen in our own hearts. And they're inward changes. It's like when we are worshiping, it's like a funnel of God telling us who he is and us worshiping and valuing him for who he is. And then, then that knowledge and that understanding of who God is is poured into our lives and our lives are changed. And then when our life is changed, we have something of value to share with others. This is a concept, again, that we see throughout all of Scripture, but in Luke chapter 6, And in Matthew chapter 5, we see a parallel passage very similar. That when we know these things of the Lord, then out of our hearts, we're going to be able to share them with others. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now this is not saying a good person is who is good and does good things, what they're talking about is somebody who knows God. And out of the treasures of their heart, when they know God, and they have a right relationship with Him, and they have a right standing with Him, they have a treasure in their heart that they can share with others. And it produces good. And they can share out of the abundance of that heart. But if we don't know Christ, we're separated from Him because of our sin. And and even if we do good, good things in this world. We're separated from him. And so it's only when we know Christ and and have that right relationship with him that we can speak that truth of God's wisdom into the lives 
of others. You see, whether we like it or not, every one of us in this auditorium, every one of us in this world, we are consumers. And, and we might say things like, oh, we hate the consumerism that's in our, our culture. But the reality is, is that every one of us, whether we like it or not, are consumers. We just all have different sources for our consumerism. You see, some may be caught up in social media. Some may be consumers of, of Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we are, we are consumers. And maybe, maybe you're, you're a little more old school and you're like social media and the internet. Oh, I don't do those things. Well, then you're probably a consumer of the local newspaper or, or the local news on the television or, or Fox News or CNN or CBS or PBS or Family Life Radio or Sports Talk Radio or whatever it is. We are consumers in our life. Something is, is pouring into us. And so a question godly mothers and all of us need to ask ourselves is, what am I allowing to pour into my life? What is, what is the voice that is speaking the most into my life? What am I allowing to be the source that I am consuming the most? Am I looking upward to the Lord? Or am I looking outward to the world to try to inform what I say, what I do, what I think is true? So, so we're going to, this morning, simply look upward to God about a couple specific areas that, that inform us about who he is. And, and we look at his character and nature, and we can help apply these things to our lives and to the lives of being uh, a godly mother. Now, there's many characteristics, obviously, of God in Scripture that we could look at, and we're only going to look at a few. Because you can't ever go wrong with studying the character and the nature of God, and then allowing that to speak truth into your life, and, and then trying to impart that wisdom into other people's lives. And so the first thing that we're going to look at this morning is the fact that God is omniscient and omnipresent. In Proverbs 15.3, we read this. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Now, it is important for us to know that, that again, we're going to allow God's word to inform us. And, and we're going to allow God's word to tell us that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. They're in every place. They're, they're keeping watch on the good things and the bad things. God is aware and knows all things. And, and, and so then as we understand what that means about God, I, I want us to know that that should be a great comfort to us. Mothers, if you are here this morning, no matter your circumstance, God knows what you are facing. He knows the challenges that you have. He knows the difficulties that you face. He knows the sin in your life. He knows the, 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 the striving to pursue him that you are making. He knows the way that you are desiring to pursue him. And so be encouraged by this. I want us to think about what that means for us. If God is omniscient and omnipresent and he knows all these things, it's a beautiful thing that God loves us and sees us. In all of that, when, when we were yet sinners, Christ chose to die for us. In, in all of our lostness, in all of our brokenness, in all of our desperation for him, in all of our need, that is the world that Jesus Christ came into and lived and died for us so that we could have that relationship with him. 
So as we look upward to, to learn more about who God is, and we see that he is everywhere and that he, that he knows all things, we, we should be encouraged by that. That we are not alone in our struggles, and God knows all of these things and, and, and still looks upon us desiring to have a relationship with us. Tim carefully chose our video uh, that we showed earlier in the service for this year. And we've discussed these kinds of things many times in my 17 years of serving with him. Mother's Day is very special, and moms are special. But, but it's also a day that we want to celebrate womanhood and all women. Because maybe you're single or, or married and unable to have children, or maybe you're an empty nester, or maybe you are divorced. God is not surprised by where you are right now in your life. The stage that you are at, the circumstances that you are facing, whether, whether they are outside circumstances or whether they are circumstances that you have created for yourself, God knows, and you are not alone. He is omniscient and omnipresent, and he sees you. And he is keeping watch over you whether you know him or not because he watches over the good and the evil he watches over those who know him and those who don't know him god our loving god is watching you he knows you he sees you and he wants to pour into your life and he wants to have a relationship with you that's why he's given us his words so that we can know him and so when we, we can see that and know that, and, and we can trust that our God sees us in our circumstances, it helps us to understand that, that then godly wisdom does what we just talked about. Godly wisdom then creates in us this wellspring of life. When I know that God is there, and he sees my circumstances, and he sees my struggles, and he sees my deepest needs, then I can know that God is also creating in me a wellspring of life to share with others and to speak truth into my life. In Proverbs chapter 4, and verses 20 through 23, a passage that's, that's written uh, to a, 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 written from a father to a son, I think can equally be applied on this Mother's Day. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 23 says this, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. Godly wisdom and a desire to seek God in, in and through his word, that is life. And we need to be attentive to his word because of that. Because his word is going to create in us a wellspring of life. So godly mothers, pour yourselves into the scriptures. Understand that, that, that as you are looking upward to God and you're, you're trying to know him more, and you're, if you're pouring the scriptures into your life, in your life is going to be a wellspring of life that you are then going to have access to, to share with your children, to share with others around you but this should also remind us the fact that god is omniscient and omnipresent and all throughout scripture we see this concept as well that god cares for the weak the needy the poor and the brokenhearted once again moms whatever situation you are in maybe you are rejoicing over the birth of your most recent child here this morning or maybe you are mourning because this Mother's Day in the past year, uh, you, you have had to deal with the loss of a child. God cares for you. And, 
And one of the most godly characteristics that we see in mothers is their compassion and their comfort and, and their care for their children. And, and, and it is a godly characteristic because that is the way our Heavenly Father deals with us. And mothers are sometimes the most visible uh, representation of that that we see here on this earth. Repeatedly in Scripture, we see God's loving compassion for the hurting, the weak, the downtrodden, the needy. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Godly mothers are a beautiful outpouring of God's word to the world around them. And, and, and it's oftentimes when, when a kid has a boo-boo or an owie, they don't run to dad who tells them to suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> Walk it off. They go to mom. And, and, and they go to mom because... Because she's generally the one that's full of compassion for those who are hurting and, and the brokenhearted. And that is a godly characteristic being poured out into the lives of their children. And dad, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that you should be like me and make the excuse that, excuse that compassion's not your strong suit. If you're here this morning and compassion's not your strong suit, you need to understand that it is God's strong suit. And so, so if we want to model godliness compassion should be part of who we are. But let's be honest, moms are going to be better at it. And that's okay. So we, we need to model the kind of godly, we need to get, allow God's compassion and his care for the brokenhearted to pour into our lives so then we can pour that into the world around us. We need to be different than the world around us in this area. Proverbs 22 tells us this, that, that we see all this kind of brokenness in the world around us, and, and we're supposed to be different when we know God. Proverbs 22, verse 22 says, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. You see, there's people in this world that are easy to take advantage of. The downtrodden, the poor, the weak, the disenfranchised, the ostracized. It's easy for us to look around the world and to see all sorts of people that it would be very easy for us to take advantage of. But a godly mother, a godly person should not want to do that. We shouldn't take advantage of, of those who are weak. Because we recognize that before a righteous and holy God, all of us are weak and poor. All of us are needy. All of us are desperate for him. So, so it doesn't matter where we're at in our life. We are in the exact stage of neediness that every other human being in this world is. But we know the Lord. And so we must be different. And we must look upon the poor and the needy in a different way. And we shouldn't take advantage of them. We shouldn't rob them just, before, just because they are poor or crush them just because they are afflicted at the gate. Godly women who understand God's heart for the weak are a brilliant and shining example of his heart for the world around us. They are, in fact, a picture of Christ's love for the lost and how he was willing to sacrifice himself for us. In 2 Corinthians 8 9, we see the, the fact that, that Christ himself, who was worthy of all praise and honor and riches, but instead he gave those things up. It's the kenosis of Philippians chapter 2 in a different passage of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he, came, he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. 
the only reason that we have any richness and wisdom or knowledge or anything in this world is because of what Christ has done for us. He, though he deserves that praise and adoration, humbled himself, lived as a man, lived a perfect life, completed all of the laws, and died on the cross, not for his sin, but for mine and for yours. Jesus is the the example of godly compassion and love for the lost. And the only reason that we can have godly mothers is because he is that shining example for us. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the example of godly mothers living out their godly wisdom because Christ has died for them. You see, these are the kinds of things, these are the kinds of uh, situations that mothers oftentimes are taken advantage of or overlooked for. Sometimes mothers are so self-sacrificial that, that it's easy then for us to take advantage of and say, oh, well, mom will do that. But I want us, men, if you are here this morning and you have a godly wife who is a godly mother to your children, when you see that taking place, you need to step back and you need to remind your children that, that this is simply a, an example of the gospel of grace in their life. The fact that they have a godly mother who is willing to sacrifice is a picture of Jesus to them. And, and if we're thankful for what Christ has done for us, we should be thankful then for this picture of grace of godly mothers in our life. And moms, perhaps it's not encouraging but I hope that it is. Realize that, that, that when you are making sacrifices for your children, you are demonstrating the character and nature of Christ to your children. And, and whether they appreciate it or not, you are placing yourself in, in the category of Christ-likeness because he was despised. He was rejected. He was criticized. He was broken. He was beaten. He was definitely not appreciated. So moms, if you were here this morning and you are feeling underappreciated or not appreciated at all, Please know and understand that this is another opportunity for you to exhibit the characteristics of Christ that you see in the scriptures. As as you allow God to pour into your life, as you allow his wisdom to pour into you, keep loving, keep serving. And my hope and my prayer is that someday, if if you have children that don't know Christ, they will see the example that you have set for them of loving self-sacrifice. That is what Christ has done for us. And that is what mothers do each and every day for their children. That is the beauty of the gospel. Godly mothers living out the example of grace and mercy in their children's life. But in order for that to happen, they have to first have that relationship with God, allow that relationship to change them inwardly, and then they can pour it out to others as the, the wellspring of life. The last point that I want us to think about this morning is simply this. This is an impossible task. Moms, maybe you feel this way every Monday morning, every Tuesday morning, every, every morning. You wake up and, and you have this great desire and then life happens and it gets in the way. And, and maybe, maybe you're a mom of young children and you think, oh, this is going to be this perfect day we're gonna we're gonna go do this and i'm gonna teach my children about this and we're gonna do all these wonderful enriching things together 
And then life just gets chaotic. Because that's what life does. In this world, moms, you have an impossible task. But you and I need to be reminded that, that godly mothers must be the visible demonstration of God to the world around them. It's an impossible task for you to do on your own. And, and you're going to face spiritual warfare every day when you're trying to do it. But anything that Satan is opposing is worth your investment into. And humanly speaking, we cannot do this. And ultimately that is what Ephesians chapter 6 is teaching us. That, that we need to rely on the strength of God when we're facing opposition, when we're facing spiritual warfare in our lives. And so those mornings when you're, those Sunday mornings when you're thinking, oh, this is great, we're going to get up, we're going to go worship together as a family, and, and your three-month-old blows out their diaper and somehow gets it up the back onto their head, and your two-year-old is eating Tide Pods in the laundry room, and, and you're thinking to yourself, all I wanted to do was get my children into church this morning. Continue to do it. Continue to serve and look to God who can help you with those things. You're doing an impossible task, humanly speaking. But it's a task that God has called you to. And so that's why godly mothers are so desperately in need of godly wisdom. Continue to look to God. It's so easy when we're facing opposition, when, when we're trying to accomplish this impossible task, it's so easy for us to begin thinking, well, you know what? I've got this. I can... Buck up, I'm a strong mom, and I can do this. Yes, you probably are a strong mom. But what you really need to do is buck up and say, Lord, I can't do this. I need you to help me. Because it's only in his strength that you're going to be able to accomplish this impossible task. And so first and foremost, if you haven't caught this message here this morning, godly mothers must care for their own soul. Moms, it is so easy. You are such a great example of putting your children and your husbands and the work and all the things that must be done, whether you are helping to run a small business or running a small business on your own or working outside of the home or simply just raising your children and teaching them and schooling them, you are called to an impossible task. So you must first and foremost feed your own soul. Continue to look upward to God so that he can change you on the inside. Because if you're not able to do that, then all of the outward is in the strength of a mom. And we are encouraging you. We want you to know that it can be done in the strength of the Lord, not just in the strength of a mom. You know, and, and sometimes when all of us are so busy with a task, we, we have a goal that we want to do and we want to accomplish. And we forget that God is, is there and he is wanting and waiting to help us to accomplish it. You raising godly children, pouring in the godly wisdom into their lives, that's not your goal, that's his. That's what he's created you to do. And he is just waiting for you to involve him in that process some days. I think A.W. Tozer says it well. And, and he wasn't talking about mothers. He was just talking in general. But most often in our lives, humanly speaking, we think we can do it on our own. And he has this quote where he says, God waits to be wanted. No matter what circumstance you are facing here this morning, moms, God waits 
to be wanted. If you have the greatest joy of your life taking place right now, God waits to be wanted to be included in the praising of him for that joy. If you have your deepest struggle that you're facing right now in your life, God waits to be wanted. He desires to pour into your life to help heal your hurts so that these pains can now be used to honor him in your life. Don't let your human nature win out on this one. Don't let your I've got this attitude take over. Don't let your heart decide, I have the strength to push through this. Wait on the Lord and and he will renew your strength. And that is my last point that I want to share with us this morning. Godly mothers must faithfully pray and wait. God is not slow in keeping his promises. And if you are here this morning and, and you're a mom and your heart aches for your child who is far from the Lord, God is not slow in keeping his promises. God's desire is to call that son or daughter into repentance, into a saving relationship with him. God loves your child just as much. He loves him or her more than you even could. Or maybe you this morning yourself are hurting and wondering how God could allow you to be going through this deep, dark moment in your life. Faithfully look to him, faithfully pray, and faithfully wait upon the Lord to renew your strength. Maybe you're here this morning and you are just overwhelmed by the immensity of the task that God has given you. Know that God has given it to you. And he will not allow you to go through anything that you cannot bear up under. But he wants you to look to him. He wants you to call out to him. And if you are here this morning and perhaps your greatest desire is to someday be a mom and you're not yet, know that God knows, he sees, he knows your hurts, and he wants you to faithfully pray and wait upon him. And I don't know what his answer is going to be, but when we look upward to him, he is able to change us inward so that no matter what circumstance we're facing in our life, we can be a wellspring of life, pushing outward, sharing that godly wisdom with others in our lives godly mothers were created to look upward and then inward and then outward and when they do that we are tremendously blessed mothers if there's ways that we can help you tell us we want to help you look upward to christ we want to help you know God's word and to know Christ so you can be changed by the power of the gospel, reminding yourselves every day of your need for Christ in your life so that we can be blessed as you pour out that wellspring of life to not just your children, but to the entire world, to our church and to us because we are desperately in need in this culture of godly women who are willing to look to him. I hope that you have a very blessed Mother's Day, and I hope that you are here this morning with a desire to look to know God, to apply those truths to your life, and then to pour those lives, or pour those truths out to the lives of others around you. I'm going to close this in prayer, and then Pastor Mike is going to come and close us in song. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we truly are a desperate and needy people. Father, we pray for the mothers here this morning. Thank you for those that know Christ and desire to 
pour him out into our lives. And Father, for those that don't know Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who, who lived for us and died for us so that we could have a relationship with you, so that our sins could be forgiven, and so that we could be ambassadors for Christ in this world. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we are not alone. Whether we're facing joys or trials, you are with us. You know all things, you see all things, and you desire to pour into our lives so that we can have the wellspring of life to pour out to others. Be with the mothers this day, we pray. May they be encouraged by, by the love of their family around them. May they be challenged to walk more closely with Christ. And Father, may they continue to be shining examples of the gospel in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.